All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'm recording this with a uh, built-in microphone on my MacBook, so the audio is not going to be good. My apologies right off the hop. I'm sure that's what you want to hear. But little disclaimer, we recorded this Friday morning. Bruce Boudreaux uh, is going to return for his second season with the Canucks. We're going to break that down on the Tuesday or Wednesday, the midweek episode. But for now, please enjoy the episode. Can you see it? Did you know? The puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice, at arm's length. To the line, Hughes, scores! In this existence, take you to the sun. First career NHL goal, Quinn Hughes makes it 1-0. You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes, the reporter here. Like, I don't, I don't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in at Valentine's Day. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go. Hello, Canucks fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation brought to you by the great folks at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code Hockey Season, capital H, capital S, all one word, Hockey Season. That will get you $5 off your order at ZephyrEpic.com. Zephyr Epic has just restocked the Upper Deck Series 1 retail boxes, so you can go buy yourself some of those. Remember, promo code Hockey Season, capital H, capital S, $5 off your order at Zephyr Epic, Z-E-P-H-Y-R, Epic. On all platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, go give them a follow. The best part about Zephyr Epic. Well, first off, you know what's in those Series 1? It's all the rookies that, that didn't get cards last year. So Cole Caulfield, that's the big uh, young gun in there. So, yeah, go go get yourself one of those. The Series 1, it's good. They got the booster boxes back, baby. The booster boxes are back in stock, Zephyr Epic. Uh, they have all your trading card needs covered. Best part about them, free shipping, Canada-wide, on any order over $50 from... From Coquitlam. Nice. There you go. To come by chance, come by chance, Newfoundland. 
Another great Newfoundland <laughs> town slash city name. Oh, my gosh. Come by chance. You know, someone pointed this out to me. Someone shot me a DM and said, you know, have you actually checked if Zephyr Effie can ship to these places? No, we don't. It doesn't really You matter. might have to go to, you know, the up up another P.O. box or something in Newfoundland. Yeah, I don't really know how it works. That's, that's the thing. But here's the thing about come by chance. They got some money up in come by chance. Okay. okay so explain. 228 people live there, right? Doesn't sound like it's a you know very big town or anything. Nice little Newfoundland place. But here's what they got going on in come by chance. An oil refinery. So these people are stacking it up. And they're putting out 130,000 barrels a day out of come by chance. I wonder what the gas prices are there. Probably pretty good. Probably better than they are here. (laughs) Home of former NHLer Bob Gladney. Get out. There's an NHLer from come by chance, Newfoundland? Yeah. By chance, he made it to the NHL. 14 (laughs) games he played in the NHL. And I said there's a lot of money in this place. Not only the oil refineries racking up money on its own, but the workers at the oil refinery in 2018, February of 2018, they split a Canadian-wide lottery win of $60 million. Get out! So these guys are already making a ton of money working at an oil refinery. We obviously know there's a lot of money in oil. Then they win a $60 million lottery. Come by chance, I tell you, it's probably just for, it's like Ferraris and, you know, cars driving around, beautiful, everyone's living in a mansion from what I understand about the place. The town's name, believed to be a result of explorers coming upon a Beothuk path by chance and naming the location after the unexpected discovery of the path. What a fantastic chance. What a fantastic deep dive. You've been you do more prep for this than you do the actual Canucks talk. No, I no. I mean I was up at six in the morning hoping that Archer Seelovs is gonna get a start for Latvia. Why would Archer Seelov start over Merzlikens? Well, I wasn't I wasn't expecting a start, but I was thinking it might be one of those games where he plays hat where I bet he warmed up. Half. He was out there for warm ups. He was he's backup, right? Yeah. Nice. He was uh he was on the roster, he's a backup goaltender you today, know, so. That's great experience for Seelovs to play behind Merzlikens. Like that that's really good for him to, you know, watch the work habits and stuff. And I know that's something Ian Clark and Curtis Sanford are going to stress to Seelovs cuz you know, Seelovs is a good worker, but that's what makes you successful under these two guys, uh, Clark and Sanford, is having a good work ethic and Merzlikens has one of the best. Oh yeah, for sure. It's good to get Seelovs there for the experience as well. Uh, World Championships fired up Friday morning, 6 a.m. Yeah, Oliver Ekman Larson, uh, captaining Team Sweden. Linus Carlson uh, is going to be on Team Sweden as well. And, and this morning, Thomas Drance and Rick Dollywall with The Athletic reporting that Linus Carlson's contract is basically done. It's all but agreed upon. Um, you know, they just have to dot some I's, cross some T's, and Linus Carlson, uh, who the Canucks lose the exclusive negotiating rights for on June 1st, uh, or maybe it's July 1st. Someone should check that. Yeah, something like that. But anyways, he's... It's a, uh, it's a J 1st. Uh, they have like exclusive the, negotiating rights, and the Canucks are going to sign him. Yeah, yeah, whatever. He's the 13th forward for Sweden right now. So hopefully he gets into some games and uh, gets a little bit more of an opportunity, but sitting as the 13th forward uh, for Sweden right now. Nice. And Juhol Lamico there for Finland, who is hosting this tournament. Good news. What's uh, What's next here? We got DoorDash coming up here. DoorDash. We're also delivered to you by the great folks at DoorDash. Ding dong. Use promo code CONVODD, capital C, capital D's, all one word, CONVODD. That will get you 25% off and free delivery on your first order with the DoorDash app. So make sure you go use it. Go buy yourself some dinner, folks. It's a nice Friday. Actually, we're recording this on Friday. It's a Saturday night. Nice Saturday night. Go yeah. uh, order order that while you watch the Game 7s, right? Yeah, of course. I got uh, tried a new burger spot yesterday on DoorDash, and it was really good. It was like a, it came to like seventeen dollars for just the burger, but it uh, it was an excellent burger. It was one of the the best structurally sound burgers I've ever had in my life. And you got it delivered? Yep, wow. it came delivered. And like I was, th- you know, like you get to the end of like a craft style burger, I'll call it. You know, like type of burgers you get at, at bars and stuff. And they normally fall apart pretty hard at the end. This thing was juicy, lots of cheese, lots of bacon. Special sauce was pretty good, not amazing, but you get to the end and the bun wasn't even falling off of the burger patties. Wow. It, was, it was structurally one of the best burgers I've ever had. Wow, and that's great. They were able to deliver it to my place because our elevators are fixed now. I got some thigh. Okay. So I didn't know that we had so many elevator engineers, is that ele- elevator technicians? Oh, yes, yes. It. We have we have a lot. I I learned a lot from these people. Some people didn't want to be named. They didn't want it to know that that's what they do for a living, probably because they make the big bucks like the oil refinery workers. The next people are going to win the lottery. It's probably an elevator technician. (laughs) 
Sump pumps. I, I was trashing sump pumps on the show. We were joking about it. Sump pumps are a real thing. I had someone reach out to me as well saying sump pumps are real. And Here's it's it's thing. not. And they, they even told us. They were like, sump pumps are real. Uh, if if an elevator technician is going to BS you, they'll say this, this, and this. And like he gave me stuff. Mm. And that was the funny thing. I replied and said, I'm just glad that there's actual BS stuff that elevator technicians will just lie about. Oh, yeah. They Now we know the tricks. If I ever see something up on the wall, I know stuff. Now, yeah. let me tell you what a sump pump is. Listener of the show reached out immediately the day of that it got posted. Here's what they said. If you got a water problem in your basement, the trick is to dig a deeper hole. This is your sump. This is where the sump pump comes in. It's a place for the water to collect, so it needs to be in the right spot. Then it pumps it out of that deep, deep hole. So that's the thing. You got some water problems? Smart idea. You just dig a deeper hole. Then you pump it out, and this pump stopped working. So there was flooding in our elevator there. That's the problem. And then the, the water was just going up too much. The sump pump let out on us. And every time the float floats above a certain point, the pump comes on and empties out the aforementioned sump. That is the hole. The sump pump is in your elevator pit. It's not an ideal situation, but it's kind of a band-aid for the flooding. So now I know a sump pump's a real thing. So thank you to um, the, sorry, let me, it's not technician. Elevator mechanic is what they're called. Where does this water come from though? I'm confused. Probably, I don't know. It comes from. Uh, see, I'm not gonna. Well, don't gonna guess. Do no, I don't. Well, I'm just thinking maybe it's leaking from somewhere, or somebody's got. Uh, somebody's I would imagine it is leaking. Taking from too somewhere. many pisses in the morning or whatever. I don't know. It's those damn elevator technicians. Well, it's, yeah, it's the thing. Actually, it's you know what? All the elevator mechanics and not technicians, mechanics. All of them that reached out to us, extremely nice people. Yeah, I would. I got a couple pretty aggressive ones right off. Oh, the top. did you? Some pumps a real thing, and I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm just trying to have some fun here. It's it's a silly name, but yeah. I do understand it now. So I've learned something. I hope the listeners have learned something here as well. I don't know. Just make something up. Call it a sump pump. That's what it sounded. It rhymed with pump. It made a lot of sense. <laughs> All right, we do have some Canucks talk to get into, Chris, because the last time we recorded, we did not know where the Vancouver Canucks would be selecting. We had a pretty good idea of it. Now we know for sure. Vancouver Canucks selecting 15th overall in the 2022 NHL entry draft, which is being held in Montreal. Montreal has the first pick in that draft, going to use it to take Shane Wright. And should we play the clip of Shane Wright talking about being selected first overall because I I got to be honest with you like I sent this to you on Instagram that's where you'll find the clip but I, I got to be honest with you I very seldom have issues with players um you know being like this like you know Fernando Tatis is my favorite baseball player that sort of thing right like I I, I seldom have issues with stuff like this and you know I I feel like an old man yelling at a cloud when I get mad about something like this and I, I wouldn't even say I'm mad about it but I heard it and I was like wow, okay, maybe I haven't seen this kid play enough because I didn't think his play, his point totals, warranted a comment like this to TSN. To be the first overall pick, I deserve, uh, you know, to have that honor. And, you know, I believe that, you know, I am the best player in this draft. And, you know, I believe that, you know, I should be taken first overall. Now, I think the issue I have with this, Chris, is when Connor McDavid was the consensus number one overall pick, and Jack Eichel was right behind him and, and was looking like a fine number two. You know, McDavid, when reporters are like, oh, Edmonton won the pick. Are you excited to go to Edmonton? He's like, yeah, like if they draft me, that'll be great. Like, you know, he was he was super humble about being first overall. A generational talent is being humble about being first overall. And early returns on the next uh, actual generational talent, a better player than Shane Wright, I think a lot of people are projecting him to be, Connor Bedard. Every interview this kid gives makes North Vancouver look fantastic oh, every yeah. time he opens his mouth. And the kid's only 16. He has more maturity, in my opinion, than Shane Wright does probably, based on that interview. Probably, like, I would say Connor Bedard. You can see the stats from them playing at, like, U18s together. Connor Bedard, like, matches Shane Wright's skill right now. And he's and he 16. Has, a, has another year before he's even drafted. So, yeah, that's the type of player that you'd expect out of this cockiness. But I like it, man. I'm down for it. Like, bring a little bit of this excitement into the NHL. This is something I, that I love to okay, see. Okay, totally. And again, that's why I, I want to I not sound like an old man yelling at clouds because I get it. Like, yeah. I want to see the Trevor Zegerses of the game. Like, Trevor Zegers has done a lot to grow the game this year. I think you we can agree on that. He's working at Chipotle right now. Exactly. Like, Trevor Zegers is a marketable player. And, you know, maybe I can see Trevor Zegers giving a comment like that. But he almost has it to... He, he's almost backed it up, right? I just... Again, I haven't watched Shane Wright play as much as, like, scouts have and all that stuff obviously but you know when you just look at his point totals 
right? Like, you know, he's playing for the Kingston Frontenacs this year, 94 points in 63 games played. Is that the kind of production that warrants comments like that, where you say, I deserve to be first overall, blah, blah, blah. I'm the best player in this draft. Like, is this player writing writing a check that he now has to cash? Because when you say something like that, all of a sudden expectations are through the roof for you. Yeah, because when I think the way that you look at like number one picks is like if there's a consensus number one, there should be a consensus that he's also jumping right into the NHL. So now that's the expectation and- for Shane Wright, who has been like the consensus all year long. I mean, for a while, like if you remember like two years ago, everyone was projecting Brad Lambert because he was so good at like 15, yeah. 16. It's been Shane Wright for basically 18 months now as the number one pick. Nobody's really even challenged him that much. Like, I guess to a certain, like, there was a little bit of a run where uh, Slavkovsky was like really ripping it up and seeing what he was doing at the World Championships even last year as a 17 year old was really impressive. But nobody's pushed Shane Wright to a certain degree. Like, Cooley's kind of like the number two, three spot. Then you have those two right D's uh, in Nemec and Yurichik. But it's always been Shane Wright. Like the last at least 18 months, Shane Wright's been the number one. So I, I like a little bit of flair there, but I don't think he's at that level of generational talent. Really. I just look at it and I see, look how much Jack Hughes struggled in his first two seasons in the NHL. Really came alive this year, um, you know, looking like he's going to be a, a player that's, you know, over a point per game for basically the rest of his career uh, based on his production this year and just the steps we saw him take. But those two years, there's a learning curve. And Hughes was coming out of the USHL, the U.S. Development Program. And Shane Wright's coming out of the OHL. Again, Alexis Lafreniere, another example of a guy who, you know, expectations are sky high. Neither him or Hughes gave a quote like that. And I got to be honest with you, I think Jack Hughes is probably, if Jack Hughes is in this draft and Shane Wright are in the same draft, who's going first overall? I'm going to say it's Jack Hughes. Yep. Yeah, and so. Jack Hughes doesn't give a comment like that, you know, and, and that's a confident kid. We know the Hughes brothers. We've heard Quinn Hughes, you know, give quotes like that where you can see the confidence, but nothing like that. I just, I think, you know, that is a bold thing to say when you see the way that first overall picks have struggled just in recent years too. I'm not even saying it historically. I'm just saying like, you know, that's a, that's a lot of pressure to throw onto yourself for no reason. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that point. Like, it is it is pressure that he's only adding to himself. Nobody's really saying that, like... No one's like, should you be the first overall pick? Like, everybody knows he's going to yeah. be the first overall pick. Like, everybody do- everybody knows he's going to be number one, and, and I think maybe he's kind of accepted that to a certain degree. I like him leaning into it a little bit. I, I don't know if I would say the exact same things the, the way that he said it, but I, I do like the confidence from the kid. I hope that he's able to keep that confidence when he gets to the NHL, because... He's going to need it. Like he's going to need to be that type of confident player to go play in Montreal, which is obviously a massive hockey market. Uh, it's good for him to at least be around the OHL, understand what OHL hockey's like, and see the engagement that they get in a league like that. But also at the same time, like he played for the Kingston Frontenacs, where it's like if he was or Kingston Frontenac, however you want to say it, whatever. It's not like he was, you know, to me, it's like, it's not like he was with the Calgary Hitmen or the London Knights or these massive markets. Programs, yeah. He understood what OHL hockey was about, but it's going to be quite the shock, I think, when he not only sees how his skill matches up with NHL talent at training camp, but to see what it's going to be like in the media. Like, after they make that selection, think about it, man. Montreal, we're going to be at the Bell Center. Montreal's picking first at home. And they're drafting this kid. He is going to be in for so much media in the first like week of him being there. And then it's just going to stay there for him until training camp. And then he has to prove himself there. So uh, I like Shane Wright. I think he's a, a solid player. I think he's worthy of being the consensus number one pick in the draft. I just, you look at, you mentioned it, like Connor Bedard next year is just at another level. And just looking years down the road, like Mitchkov is also at another level. Like if you were to draft right now, Mitchkov goes over over right so does Bedard both these players would go over him I think that yeah it'll be it'll be interesting but he is a number one and it's he's been a consensus for this long I think he's warranted to have some cockiness going into the draft fair enough okay another draft eligible prospect on this show we should have mentioned it off the top but Marco Casper who we anticipate will be there for the Canucks to draft at 15th overall we're anticipating the Canucks might actually draft him at 15th overall uh, we're going to give a lot of options here and on Canucks Army, but right now, let's go to the interview with Marco Casper. On the other side, we'll get to a quick poll question, and then I have some thoughts on Abbotsford that I want to give, uh, and then, we'll, of course, we'll, we'll break down the Casper interview first. Uh, so keep it locked, keep it loaded on Canucks Conversation. 
And before we go any further into the episode, I want to give a shout out to Parallel 49 Brewing. You guys can find Parallel 49 Beer all across BC and Alberta. And right now, we want to give a quick shout out to the Unparalleled Pack featuring four of the P49 favorites. The Trash Panda, the Filthy Dirty, the Jerkface 9000, and the Hillbilly Ninja. My favorite of the four there, the Jerkface 9000, the Pink Can. Something good about those cans there, Parallel 49. So go out and try them. You can find them in most liquor stores across BC and Alberta. All right, guys, joining us now, he is one of the top draft prospects for the 2022 draft, which is upcoming this summer. Currently playing for Rugla over in the SHL. It's Marco Casper. Marco, how are you doing today, man? I know you just did a lot of traveling. You're at the World Championships right now. Uh, how has it been for the last couple of days with traveling and getting all set up? Yeah, hey, thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm, I'm doing fine. Yeah, it's been been a busy few, uh, it's been a busy days, and we're settled in and Tampa now, and it's, it's it's good. Thanks. And I know it's got to be pretty exciting for you, obviously getting a chance to uh, to get to the World Championships, represent your home country of Austria. What does that mean for you as an 18 year old to get a chance to play with the national team? Yeah, it's always great uh, to represent my country. It's making me proud to, to play for Austria, and I think it's, it's for sure going to be a lot of fun. That's awesome, man. I wanted to to chat a little bit about your younger days growing up and playing hockey. I know that your dad was a professional hockey player as well. Uh, what was it like growing up around the game of hockey? Is it something that you kind of started when you were what, like one, two, three, four, five years old? How old were you when you first started skating around on the ice? Yeah, I was I was about two and a half years old the first time I stepped on the ice. So, and I always had a lot of fun playing playing hockey, and so it just. Just went with, with playing hockey. I was also playing soccer, but uh, I've always had more fun playing hockey, so it was great. And I know your dad was a defenseman. Was he pretty sad when you wanted to play forward instead? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, he obviously was a defenseman, but uh, I think he likes me likes likes me to play as a forward, and I also like being a forward more than, than playing on defense. So <laughs> it's fun. That's good. I I, I got to ask that at what point, because I know your dad, uh, I think he coached you a little bit growing up as well. What point were you uh, thinking, I think I might be better than dad. Like what age were you when you uh, were able to beat him a little bit? Oh, I, I don't know. We were still, still competing like off the and and, and all five things, but I think he, he pushes. That's great from a double man. Well, that's good to hear. And I know you made the decision to uh, to move to the SHL in 2020. What was that like, making the transition uh, to move to Sweden and start to be part of the Rugla organization? Yeah, uh, like, a, like I said, a Rugla organization is a great organization that develops uh, young players. And when I moved there, I just thought that I could uh, get a good development there, like with hard practice and uh, get good opponents. I think it, it worked out pretty good. And how has that been for you, making the adjustment from one country to another? What was it like uh, the first couple of years in Sweden for you, making the adjustment? Yeah, it, it's been good. I, I tried to learn the language as, as fast as possible and just tried to fit in. And I uh, think that, that has been good. Like, uh, I, I go to school there, too. So that helps, too, with, with, the, with the language, learning all the new stuff about Sweden and all that. I talked to your coach, uh, Cam Abbott, about it, and he said, I had to ask you how, how easy learning Swedish was because he said you did it really quick. Yeah, I was I was learning it in, in Austria for like a few months, like three months or so, and then I just, just tried to speak right away, even if it was wrong in, in the beginning. Uh, the guys told me like, what I can correct, and I think it, it got better by time. And by uh, Christmas, my first year, I could I could understand everything. Wow, that's yeah, that's really good. impressive. That's that's awesome, and I know that you know getting a chance to fit in yeah, with that thanks. organization. We've seen uh, a lot of really good players come from that league, whether it be you know guys like Mo Sider as well as Niels Huglander here in Vancouver. Is that kind of something that you want to be yeah. the next guy to come out of Rugla and be be the next example of a young player who developed at that organization and, and makes the jump to the NHL pretty quick? Yeah, for sure. I want I want just want to focus on my development right now and like uh, still getting, still growing, still getting bigger and stronger and like to, to improve and I think that uh, the organization can help me help me a lot with that uh, like I said a great organization and we got to see uh, you development but also a great team in SHL yeah and we, and we got to see you play a ton of minutes as well this year something that we don't see a lot of 17 year olds do was that something that was kind of a goal for you this year was to yeah. you know be able to get into the lineup consistently and play a lot of minutes for Rugla 
Yeah, I think I had a pretty good start to the season, and I, I thought that like I can play at that level, and uh, if I improve like physically, also that I can be be a part of the team. And I think uh, like with, with hard work, I did a good job over the season, so I got got to play minutes, and that was good. And you mentioned hard work there. That's one of the things I definitely saw from watching your tape. Is is one of your strengths is on the forecheck and and being able to you know be be aggressive as much as you can. Is that something that you kind of like to take pride in? Is something that's part of your game that you're pretty proud of? Yeah, for sure. I want to play an intensive game, like always move, move around, and move to the right spots and, and play hard, basically. Another thing that we saw in your game was that you you do a, a really good job of protecting the puck and like using your body to keep defenders away from you. Is that something that you like to work on like just throughout your career? Is that something that's always been there? Like have you always been a little bit of a bigger player? I know at your size right now you seem to to fit in against the men in the SHL. Have you always been a little bit bigger than everyone growing up and playing hockey? Uh, I don't know like in the beginning like a little bit bigger maybe but then like you go in teenage years I was like like every, everybody else kind of and I think it's just like what I, something I, I've worked on over the past few years and also I know that I need to be good at protecting the puck uh, to play at high levels and I think it just, just worked on it with my teammates and we see that in your game, obviously, being able to be a physical player. I mean, is that one of the things, like, when you look at your game and you evaluate the way that you play, what, are you, what do you think some of your strengths are with the NHL draft just around the corner here? Yeah, I think, uh, like, if I, for, like, my hard work and the, the work ethic is, is a big part of my game, but also, like, my, my hockey sense and that, I, that I'm not only, like, gritty and, like, hard in the project, but I also can, can make skill, skill plays and, and score goals. So I, I like, like to think about myself as an all-around player that, that can play hard, but also like bringing some skill. Absolutely, and we get, we see a ton of that skill when you play in junior, and you were able to score quite a few goals this year in the SHL, totaling up ten goals in the regular season in the playoffs. But I, I want to ask about the playoffs because it felt like you were getting more minutes, you were getting an opportunity on the power play. Was that just kind of something that built up throughout the season that gave you you know a bigger role with the team in the playoffs? Yeah, I think uh, like like we had a, we had a great team this year, like. Uh, a lot of really good players and in the playoffs unfortunately we went out in the semifinals but still we played played really solid hockey and I like to play playoffs but like the intensity goes up and I think that I can contribute with with playing high intensity hockey how much fun was it to play in front of those crowds in the playoffs I mean we we see the European crowds in the SHL and it's just like you know they're chanting the whole time they're so loud like how much fun was that for you yeah like like the, the, the crowd is Exciting and the home was amazing. Like even when we won the Champions Hockey League, it was, it was so good. And also in the playoffs, it, it, it really got, really helps the team like push a little bit more than the other team. And I think that, that was a big factor in our season too. When I when I was watching a lot of tape on you, something that I was pretty impressed with, Marco, was your ability to to make the right pass a lot of the time, even when guys are are about to deliver a hit on you or there's pressure on you. You always seem to be able to. I guess make the smart pass. Is that something that you've kind of developed in your in your junior days of just being a good passer and knowing kind of where the play is developing? Is that something that you try and work on, whether it be you know watching game film or anything? Like, what is it about your playmaking that you're pretty proud of? I really like to watch watch hockey, like watch NHL teams, watch the SHL when I was younger, and I think I could develop my my playmaking and hockey sense through that too, and and also like talking talking with my dad about about certain situations helps for sure. When you watch some of that NHL hockey, who are some of the players that uh, that you enjoy watching? Who are your favorite players just to watch play the game in the NHL? Yeah, there are a few. Like, of course, Crosby, McKinnon, McDavid, all the superstars are, are great. So I also would like to watch uh, Niklas Backstrom, uh, Swedish player. Like, he's he's a great passer, for example. So uh, there are some some really good players uh, I like to watch. When you when you're watching these players, I mean, just as somebody who's a fan of hockey, we obviously see the skill and stuff from them. But what is something that maybe you pick up from from a guy like Sidney Crosby? Is it is it something about just like his his play in his own zone, his play in the defensive zone? Like, what is it that you like about these certain players that are your favorites? Yeah, like uh, his just Crosby, his edges and like puck protection, like the cutbacks. He's he's one of the, he's probably the best player. Yeah, that. Like you've seen it against the Rangers now, I think I just like to see how he like how he protects the puck and and uh, gets into open space. 
Uh, so I got to ask, I, I think a lot of people obviously see that your future is going to be in the NHL, whether it be a year or two down the road. You're, it seems like you're on track to get here pretty soon. Do you think that your game and the way that you play and play so aggressive and play so tough is is going to be a, a little bit of an easier transition to the NHL when you do get that chance? I mean, uh, nothing comes easy as a hockey player, but I think it, it, it definitely can help like being being uh, being an intensive player and uh, like trying to, to adapt to, to the higher level of hockey and it's, it's going to be for sure a long way to, to, to play in the NHL but I'm trying my best and working really hard at it. And at somebody at your age, getting an opportunity to be the guy who kind of plays in front of the net on a power play, we don't see that from a lot of 17 and 18 year old kids uh, in the SHL. What was it that that works for you as the kind of guy who can stand in front of a net and battle against defensemen? What is it about that that you like on a power play? Yeah, I think I kind of developed it this year. Like in the beginning, I got the chance to, to play in, the, in front, and I think uh, I've worked a lot uh, on like. For example, hand-eye coordination uh, drills, like with tipping pucks and stuff like that, and, and, and just trying, trying to get in, in front of the net, like in, in those areas to where where you can score the goals. I think. Uh, your coach mentioned that you're a type of player who is always on the ice early and always on the ice really late. It seems like you just have an absolute love of the game. He mentioned that uh, Niels Huglander was a similar type of person at your age, where you you basically have to pull you off of the ice. How much do you just love this game, Marco? Yeah, it's just just the the most fun thing I can do, like being on the ice and, and doing the stuff I love to do, and uh, it's it's just great. I like to work out too, like practice, be on the ice. It's just so fun, so much fun. Aside from hockey, what what keeps you busy? Like, what do you like to do in the off season? What uh, what keeps you busy in the summertime? Yeah, it's it's mainly other sports like playing soccer or tennis. Maybe like there's paddle tennis or playing golf, and and also like hanging out with, with friends. That's fun. That's what I do in the offseason. Well, a lot of people want to know about the golf game. We have a lot of golf fans. It's some great golf over here in Vancouver. How is your golf game? When did you start playing? And do you think you're an okay golfer? Uh, I actually started playing last year, so (laughs) I wouldn't say that I'm a good golfer at the moment, but uh, I'm for sure working at it and trying to get better over the summer now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure that, uh, you know, Getting a chance to watch some uh, some TV shows and movies is also something. I hope you get to, a chance to do in your downtime. What are your, some of your favorite uh, like comedy, funny movies, or funny TV shows? Do you have any? Yeah, we can uh, stick by by golf and like I think Happy Gilmore is one of the funniest funniest <laughs> movies. One of my favorite movies. Uh, to go on. That's a good one. Absolutely, it is. That's a classic. I'm sure that's uh, that's before your time, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably, but uh, but I've seen it. Quite a few times. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. I, I got to ask, too, because you mentioned like you, you are going to get a chance to get to the NHL pretty soon. Is there a city in North America that you're excited to see? Oh, uh, there's not not a special uh, like a, any city that, uh, that I really want to see. It's just like America by itself. It's, it's really nice, like all the cities with a lot of people. And like there, there are a lot of nice cities. And have you had a chance yet? Like, have you have you played any international hockey over here uh, in North America yet? Yeah, I've been to, to Edmonton uh, with the World Junior Championships being there. Well, it gets nicer than Edmonton, believe me. Um, aside from that, <laughs> uh, we're here in Vancouver, and obviously the Vancouver Canucks have had a lot of success drafting players out of the SHL. I mean, just looking at Elias Pettersson and, and Niels Huglander very recently as well. What would it mean if Vancouver was a team that were to pick you? They're picking 15th in the draft this year, and feels like a spot that a lot of people have you ranked out for for this draft. Yeah, for sure. I've heard of it's a really nice city, and uh, with Huglander playing there, he's, he's had a great, uh, great season in the NHL now. Like, uh, it's I really thought that it's like a really nice city, and yeah, it would for sure be fun. But uh, I would be happy with, with with any team in in the NHL and to to play in the NHL at some point. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think of the other stars here in Vancouver? Do you watch much of Elias Pettersson or Brock Besser, Quinn Hughes, those type of guys? Yeah, I watched a few games. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks, but uh, the games are usually pretty late, so <laughs> in Europe, so it's tough staying up and watching some games, but. Yeah, watching more of the highlights, I guess, in the morning. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, hey, Marco, what do you have? Um, 
kind of goals set for yourself in the next year? I know I'm sure you want to have a good performance here at the World Championships, but going back to Rugla next year, after what you did in the playoffs, it feels like uh, you are going to be able to play in kind of a bigger role next year. Is that something that you're you're kind of setting as a goal for next season? Yeah, I mean, like, it's, I'm going to give a basic answer, but that's that's what I do. Like, I just focus on, like, every day, every week, just trying to, to be better than yesterday, kind of. And now I'm really focusing on World Championships. After that, it's going to be, like, the the summer practice and just trying to get stronger and improve my game to, to be, like, a, a good player in, in the SHL next year. And your coach mentioned that you you seem to get stronger throughout the season that went on this year. How much help is it to be able to to be with the organization that you're at? Like, what is the training like uh, with Rugla? It seems like an organization that that is able to get players from one level and take them, you know, up levels every single year and get better and better. Is that is is there a lot of that just because of the organization that you get to play with? Yeah, for, for sure. But I think we practice really smart. Like sometimes work out after games, like when we don't have a game for an, for a few days. So really good office coaches and uh, th- that really helped too. And uh, I just try to, to work out whenever I can. And, and yeah. And you're a guy that obviously works hard and, and creates a lot of offense as well. But how much attention do you want to, to pay in the defensive zone over the next year here uh, when you're playing in the SHL? Uh, you obviously seem to be a guy that, that has a lot of hockey smarts, I think, because you played center a lot growing up. But you played a lot of the wing uh, in the SHL this season. Does that kind of help you in the defensive zone, just knowing what a center has to do? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Like I still play the center in the, in the junior sense. But that, that's a part of my game. I still want to improve, like play really solid in the defensive zone. But I think uh, playing in the SHL, there's a lot of focus on, on defensive game too. And that, that for sure is going to help me too. All right. Final one for me. People seem to like when we talk about food on our show here. So I need to ask you, what is your absolute favorite breakfast and what is your favorite dinner? Ooh, I, I, I mean, it's pretty basic. Just scrambled eggs uh, as breakfast or... Or like pancakes, I love pancakes. I could even I could even say that for dinner, but it's, it's probably a, <laughs> probably a, it's probably a nice steak. I would say. Mm-hmm. What's the What's the best yeah. thing you can put in scrambled eggs? Uh, I think just like eggs, maybe some some cheese, putting some uh, maybe maybe vegetables, and then a good bread with butter, and that's it. And in the last, let's say, month, what's the weirdest thing you've eaten in the last month? Oh my god! <laughs> I don't. I don't even know. It's, it's probably. I don't know. Probably some pancakes with some some weird stuff on it. Maybe. <laughs> but I don't know. Like, that, or maybe some something from Austria. Some food from Austria that Americans don't know. Can you give me an example of some of the Austrian food that maybe we don't have every day here in North America? Yeah, but uh, it's, it's Canton, but you probably don't know what that is. That's like, <laughs> that's really, really awesome. Huh? Okay. I'll have to Google it when uh, when we finish this interview. <laughs> well, hey, Marco, right. uh, really appreciate you taking the time, wishing you all the best luck uh, yeah, in the sure. World Championships here. And, and it should be an exciting uh, exciting draft for you. I think your name's going to be called pretty early in the NHL yeah. draft. So we're excited for you, man. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And a massive thank you to Marco Casper for joining the podcast. Chris, some interesting things were said in that interview. Yeah, obviously, like there's a lot of things that he backed up in there for giving quotes about the type of player that he is. Like Casper is so like to me, he's so NHL ready already. Like he already looks like the type of player that can fit right into a team's like third or fourth line with the effort level that he gives and how smart he is on the forecheck as well as like being such a good option to receive passes from defensemen in his own zone. Like you don't see wingers get as deep as he does into his own zone. And I think some of that is because he's grown up and before this season, all he's ever played is center. So he's always had to be the low forward to help the breakouts. And when you see that from a winger, like it gives, it gives a whole other option to defensemen to make a breakout pass. And I loved the way that he was able to do that. And he talked about it. Like, from talking to him, talking to his coach, you could just hear like this kid is so committed to working so hard and making sure that hard work is a big part of his game as well. But he wants that to be, you know, a part that's obviously known about his game. But I think he wants to show that he's got more skill than he's shown so far in the SHL, because when he's in junior, he's ridiculous. Like 
He's, he's skating not only through guys, but around guys as well. He's able to do both in junior. Right now in the SHL, he's kind of leaning more on his physicality, which is impressive in its own state because he's 17 years old, and he's able to do this against one of the best you know, best defender, one of the best leagues in the world. And he's able to beat these guys physically, but he's got the skill in junior. He just hasn't really been able to fully showcase it yet in the SHL, but just loved the, uh, yeah, the confidence in the kid. He's obviously come from a great family. His dad's an agent. Uh, his dad also played professional hockey as well, was a coach for him back in Austria before he came to uh, Rugla in the SHL. And they got a great program there. Speaking with his head coach, Cam Abbott for a while, like it, Cam was just saying, like they've had such good young players that they're really learning on what they need to do for these young players. Like they had Mo Sider a couple of years ago, Niels Huglander a couple of years before that, or even in the same years as Mo Sider. But with Huglander was a good example because Cam brought up so many things where it's like Niels Huglander never was away from the rink. Like he was always the first guy on the ice and last guy to stay on. And he's like, it's so interesting to see the hard work that you see. And he's like, I, you only really see that from these young players that know they're going to the NHL where it's like, they need to be on the rink. They need to be learning things from the pros. And Casper is a perfect example of that. Like a smart kid really like the way that uh, his attitude is about the game of hockey. And it just reminds me of like the type of players that the Canucks have had success with in the draft over recent years of guys like Pedersen, Hughes, Pod Coles and Huglander who are just obsessed with the game, like absolutely obsessed with the game and becoming the best hockey player possible. That's what I see in Marco Casper from his play on the ice and talking to him there in that interview. And we'll get into more more prospects as we continue the weeks ahead um, toward the draft. We'll continue to talk about more prospects. We'll we'll wrap up the Marco Casper conversation. Well, there. I found it interesting too. Like you're seeing a lot of these mock drafts come out, and I've seen multiple mock drafts now with Casper being the guy at 15 for the Canucks to pick. And it's not like Casper is is even like a top 15 talent on a lot of people's boards it just seems like the mock makes a lot of sense for him to be a player that connects draft because i don't think he's far away like i think he goes back to the shl plays in a middle six to top six role as the season goes on but then after that like i need to check on his contract status because i think he might be able to jump right into the nhl after one more year in the shl instead of these guys who you know if you're not like a top end talent player like elias Pettersson, it's going to take you a couple years before you make the jump I really think that there's a good chance he goes back for one more year of SHL play and then he's over in the NHL. The fact that his dad's an agent, the fact that he's already shown so well physically, I don't think he needs much more time before he's really an NHL player. Like you see guys that are drafted out of the top 10 and they need some work. This guy doesn't need a lot of work to get to the NHL. He's already on like a really fast path to becoming an NHL player and making an impact. Does his dad represent him? Yes. That's awesome. Yeah, I know. That's pretty great. <laughs> That's sweet. Okay, uh, before we close out, uh, Cody Severson wrote something this morning about uh, Trent Cole's interview on Halford and Bruff on Sportsnet 650 on Wednesday morning. Talked about development. Talked about the last regime. Essentially threw them under the bus, which, you know, that'll always play well in this market. But basically what was said by Trent Call was talking about development. He pointed to Adam Gaudet as a guy that, you know, like Adam Gaudet's a tweener now, right? Like, you know, friend of the show. We like him. But, you know, he, he he's probably going to be one of those guys that is just a fringe NHLer, maybe for the rest of his career. Yeah, I was watching Adam Gaudet this morning. He's uh, playing for USA at the World Championships, actually. How'd he look? He looked good, but so did Luke Hughes. Luke Hughes looked yeah. really good. So did Nick Blankenberg. There's a lot of really good guys for USA. But, yeah, I mean... Well, well, sorry. Let, let me Cole. finish. Let's get back yeah. To it. yeah, I just I, I found his his interview was excellent. That was the best yeah. I've heard Trent Cole talk about development. Where he he felt like he was free to really give his comments. And like I've I've obviously dealt with Trent Cole all year long. He's pretty pretty. I think protective might be the right word to use. He's protective of the way that he talks about upper management. He was pretty free to to mention how things were different in the Tampa Bay organization that he worked for. Obviously, you got a first-hand look. He was an assistant coach in the Tampa Bay with Syracuse in the AHL, and they let their guys marinate for a long time before they got up to the NHL, and it obviously worked for them. Pittsburgh was a very – like, Tampa Bay and Pittsburgh are the two great examples of that in the past 10 years or so of how to develop NHLers through the AHL. And you now have a guy who was an assistant coach for one of those teams, and now you have a management group that was part of the other team. Like – this could work out well moving forward, but it was also interesting to hear Cull talk about like getting talented players as well. Like having this not be 
a spot, having this be a spot where you can actually let these players work. And Danila Klimovic is a perfect example of that. I still don't agree with the benching of him in the playoffs, but like there are situations where you need to really slow down development with Klimovic. And I think we'll be able to see that over the next little bit here, because now this is a strong talent, obviously with a lot of potential that the AHL team now has possession of. I don't think you can say that there's been this type of player with this type of potential in the Utica system over the past five years. Like yeah. aside from maybe you could mention Thatcher Demko, but I think goalies in the AHL is such a different thing for development. And Cole pointed out Adam Gaudet, um, you know, saying if that guy was given the chance to marinate, maybe he's a different player. Uh, Yannick Hansen on 650 brought up Niels Hoaglander as a similar guy. I believe the quote was he was given the keys to the Ferrari and told to just go drive around in his first year. Yeah, I mean, uh, Yannick said it. Like I have the clip I played all the time because it's kind of a funny clip, but he said like, Niels Huglander should have been in the minors. Yeah. Yannick Hansen will clearly say that on, you know, when he's talking about Niels Huglander. And to a degree, yeah, like, could there have been things that have been rounded out about this game? Like, I heard Trent Call talk about it, that there is development that happens at the NHL level, but you really want to hit on the weaknesses and give the opportunities to players in the AHL to see things develop. And then hearing all of that talk, I just kept thinking of Klinovich. So I was like, the opportunity that he would have had in the playoffs here would have been massive. So I still, that part still irks me a little bit, but. You know, him talking about social media was kind of good too. Like how, uh, you know, everybody just like dives on you in this market, of course, if you can't develop. And it was something that he he's had to deal with. Obviously, you can see online right now that the reaction of Trent Cole isn't great, uh, but it's something that he likes to prepare the AHL players for as well. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's good to see. I, I thought it was an excellent interview. You can check it out on Halford and Bruff for sure. It's a great, yeah. great thing. And you got the article. Yeah, Cody there. broke it down on Canucks Army. The last thing I wanted to mention about it is that this all goes down to process, right? And I brought this up at various points this year, but, you know, there's a little argument that Jack Rathbone's a better defenseman than who the Canucks were shipping out on their third pair. The Brad Hunts, the Kyle Burrows, um, you know, th- those kind of players. Jack Rathbone right now is a better player than those guys, but you don't want Jack Rathbone's ceiling to become those guys, yeah. right? No, you true. don't want Jack Rathbone to just be a third-pairing defenseman, so it's a change in philosophy, right? Because Nils Huglander was one of the best forwards on the Canucks in his rookie season, and you know maybe he would have benefited more long-term staying in the minors, but the big club was trying to win games, right? And that's why Nils Huglander was there. That's why Adam Gaudet was there. That's why he pushed Sven Berchi and Nikolai Goldobin down when he made the team out of camp in that season. So it's all about process, right? And, and Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvin believe in the process. Alvin's talked about it multiple times, uh, you know, letting guys over-marinate um, in the AHL. It, it's better process than the last uh, regime, and it, it's good to hear that Trent Call's, you know, on board with that. Yep. Quite the uh, heel turn, I think, for a lot of people, the way they look. Not heel turn. What's what's the other way? Face. Face turn? Yeah. Nice little face turn for Trent Call in the media. I think he got some uh, some props from people online uh, yeah. for his interview. Because I thought, yeah, if you haven't checked it out, great interview. You can check it out at Halford and Bruff. I think it was, was it Wednesday or Thursday? Wednesday. Wednesday. Wednesday it's linked morning. in the Canucks Army article. Go read okay, Canucks Army stuff. and you'll find it. Canucks Army. Check <laughs> it out. Uh, okay, our episode 262 poll question brought to you by Atlas Goods. Go to atlasgds.com. Use promo code CC15 to get 15% off your first order of pop rinds. The best fresh pork rinds on the market, fresh out of your air fryer or microwave. We've got to make this quick, Chris. Do you think the Canucks should trade down from 15th overall? So far, 58% of people saying yes, add more picks. 33% saying no, take the best player. And 9% saying I'm angry. Where did you fall in this, Chris? Well, first of all, I got some white cheddar uh, popcorn seasoning. So I'm going to try that on the uh, por- on the pop rinds this weekend. I'll let you know. I'll check back uh, on the show next week. I, I still look at this, this draft, and I don't think there's a huge difference between 15 and 25. If you can find a team that likes... A player that's, you know, you can still use. I think they still need to use a first round pick. They need to add a player that fits into being the number one prospect of their system. And I think you can find that player. And this maybe speaks to the prospect uh, group that the Vancouver Canucks have. But I still think you can find that player in the 20s somewhere. So if a team is willing to to move up and give you decent trade asset in return on top of their first round pick, I, I like the idea of the Canucks trading down. I think there's a lot of really talented players like like I said, like Marco Casper, if you look at the rankings on like elite prospects, I think he's he's near 30. Like he's in in the in the high 20s for sure. Maybe you can still get him later in the draft. I love Liam Bichel. He's a great big defenseman that I've talked about quite a bit. There, there's just a lot of players like Owen Pickering might be the defenseman that they want. Gleb Trizkov out of the uh, out of Russia. He might be a guy who slides a lot because of the situation in Russia because you know, this is a very talented player. He's probably a top 15 talent, but because of the situation, maybe he's there at 25. Like, 
I, I like the idea that Canucks trading down. Um, there's Sam Renzel. Like that's another example of a player who's like climbed a lot recently and might be a player who, who goes in the twenties that makes a lot of sense and ends up being one of the top 10 players in this draft. I just, I don't see a huge difference between like 13 and 25. So hmm. like, I, I don't hate the idea of moving down unless a player slides to you at 15. But if there is like, Say, say the big one is like Brad Lambert. Everyone thinks he's going to slide a lot. He's not going to be a top 10 pick. What if he's there at 15 and some team's like, oh, we need to jump up and get Brad Lambert then? I think the Canucks can benefit from that quite a bit. So I think sitting tight right now at 15 and maybe even waiting to like see the way that the draft plays out up to that point, yeah. but have some options, be willing to look at teams that are willing to move up. I'm all for the Canucks adding more picks and you know, capitalizing on drafting some of these defensemen in the second round. They need, I know they don't want to draft by position. Maybe they get a second round pick back if they well, trade down. I was thinking like if you can get a late second, get yourself a defenseman too. Like you need to draft defensemen in this draft. You need to get defensemen. Mm-hmm. You need to get center. Spend some second and third round picks on those positions, but be able to draft the best overall player in your first round pick. And the best overall player might not be a big difference between 15 and 25. Okay. We'll close it out there. A lot of draft conversation in the future episodes uh, as well. Chris, this was fun. Thanks to Marco Casper. Yeah, Thanks more to all the prospects sponsors. coming too. We're gonna, yeah. I got uh, some more prospect interviews coming up. We'll talk to a lot of first-round picks as well. as uh, I, I just think we're going to talk to a lot of top 50 prospects over yeah. the summer here. I already got a lot of things lined up and uh, going to get back on it. Check out the article as well by Marco Casper. It's up right now on Canucks Army. Uh, spent a lot of time on that. There's a lot of video in there. Quotes from him, quotes from his coach. Uh, so check all that out on Canucks Army. Okay. For my co-host, Chris Faber, my name is David Quadrelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Delivered by DoorDash. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.